Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is our gospel lesson, the words of Jesus again from John chapter 16. It says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. This section of John chapter 16 comes on Monday, Thursday evening. And and last week, if you were able to be here for Pentecost Sunday, we had some other words from Jesus on that evening, the same evening from John 14. Remember, there's six chapters here of Jesus teaching and, and sharing with his disciples on this night before he dies. And here we have this, this little section again that talks about that work of the Spirit and, and what he will do for them. That Jesus would send him to make the truth known to them. That, that Jesus had taught them so many things. Not only on this night, but think about the three years of Jesus' ministry and all that we have in the Gospels, all the things that Jesus taught to his disciples. And then think of how much isn't even recorded in the Bible that Jesus taught to his disciples. And he says that there's so much, so much that you still don't know and still don't understand. So I will send the Spirit, the Spirit of truth who will guide you into all the truth. He says, the Father has made this known to me, and now I will make it known to you through the Spirit whom I will send. It's obvious from these words of Jesus that our triune God, the Father who sent Jesus, Jesus who sent the Holy Spirit, the truth matters to our triune God. He wants us to know the truth and all of the truth. And that's important. Jesus wants us to know all the truth. The Father wants us to know the truth. The Holy Spirit has sent that spirit of truth to lead us into that truth. Because, let's be honest, what do we hear in our lives? A lot of lies. A lot of half-truths. And not just from politicians. And not just from companies who are trying to sell you their product. And not just from family members and friends. But we hear so many lies every single day from what we call the unholy three. The devil. The sinful world that we live in and even that sinful flesh within us. They are all constantly bombarding us with these half-truths and these lies. And that's why the triune God wants you to know the truth. Because that devil, that devil comes and just like he did in the Garden of Eden, what does he do? He comes and he whispers in your ear, did God really say you shouldn't do that? He's not really serious about that. No one's going to know. No one's going to find out. It's, if it feels good, it can't be that bad, right? Oh, you can just repent of it later. Don't worry about it. The devil comes with these lies, making us question what the truth of God's word says. And then the devil comes in the other ear, 
And he shouts when we fall into sin, look at how terrible you are. Right? That, that same sin that he was there to lead us into, then he's there to convict us of and say, how awful you are. How could God ever love someone like you? You're such a terrible sinner. You must feel so guilty, so filled with regret. God could never love you. All lies. You know, that's what his name means, right? Devil means liar. Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of John, he says that there's no truth in him. In fact, his native language is lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. It's all lies all the time from the devil that we're bombarded with. And then along with him, you've got the sinful world around you, don't you? Who's constantly feeding you these lies. Right? The lie about where your worth and your value is found. Because the, the world will tell you that your worth and value is found on that number on the scale. Or on how much is on your paycheck. Or how big your house is. Or how many friends you have. How popular you are. The, the sinful world around you will tell you these lies that this is where you find your worth and your value. And they're all lies. And then the sinful world comes and, and it tries to convince you with the lie that, that truth is subjective. That you get to decide your own truth. You get to decide what's right for you and no one can tell you what you are doing is wrong. And if they do, shame on them. That we get to pick our own truth and believe the things that we want to believe and no one can call us out on it. But friends, you know that's a lie. There is absolute truth. Two plus two will always equal four no matter what someone might try to convince you of. The fact is when someone says truth is subjective or truth is relative, you know what they've just done? They've just made truth not relative and not subjective because they've made an absolute statement. The sinful world tries to feed us this lie that you can determine what truth is. That we all get to choose it. You've got the devil telling you these lies. You've got the sinful world feeding you these lies. And then right within you, to fill out that unholy three, you've got your own sinful flesh. Right within you. And you know what it loves to do. It loves to try to tell you and lie to you that you're really not that bad of a person. Uh, yeah, I, I, sure, I, I hold hatred in my heart for that person who really hurt me, but, but I'd never kill anyone. I, uh, sure, maybe I, I look at someone lustfully, but I would never cheat on my spouse. Yeah, I've cheated on my taxes before, but they take too much money anyways. Yeah, I've, I've, I've told some lies, but it didn't hurt anybody. And I make up for the bad things that I've done. I go to church once in a while. I give my offerings sometimes. I read my Bible and pray, or at least I intend to. Our sinful flesh right within us loves to come and tell us these lies. 
it's really good at telling us and convincing us that we're really not that bad. A lie. By glorifying the things we do or rating sins and saying I'm not as bad as the people out there. All lies. Our triune God wants us to know the truth. The truth matters to him. He wants us to know the truth in amidst all of these lies that we are surrounded by and bombarded with. These lies that come from without and even from within. And what's the truth? What is the truth that matters so much to our triune God? What is the truth that he wants us to know? Sin is a big deal. It's a really big deal. That every single sin makes us worthy of an eternal separation from God, hell, punishment, suffering forever. Our triune God wants us to know the truth. That there's nothing we can do to make up for our sin. And we can stand before a holy God, nothing but guilty and damnable. That's the truth. Sin is a big deal, and your God wants you to know that. Your triune God wants you to know the truth. The truth that your sin is a big deal. But that his grace is an even bigger deal. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That when we were dead in transgressions and sins, God made us alive in Christ Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The truth of that grace that God shows to undeserved sinners like us is a big deal. And he wants you to know that. Because that truth of his grace changes absolutely everything for you. That as we face those lies of the devil, and he comes to us and says, did God really say? We can say, devil, yeah, he did really say. And that means I want nothing to do with it. And when he comes and tries to rub your sins in your face, you can say, you know what? I don't know why God would love someone like me. I really don't. But he does. He promises me that I am loved and I am forgiven and I am his. And Satan, your head has been crushed. You have no power over me. Away with your lies. I stand in the truth of God's grace. That truth, that absolute truth of God's grace. Gives us our worth and value too, doesn't it? That when you finally figure out that the numbers that the world tells you your value is found in, like the numbers on the scale and your paycheck and your zip code, 
when you finally realize that's all empty and vainglory, then, then you can truly know where true value and worth is found. It's not what the world says about you. It's not that what the world's, world says you should be. It's what God says about you. It's what God has made you to be. His dearly loved child. His son, his daughter, right now and forever. You belong to him, not to this world. The truth of God's grace sets you free from that and gives you true worth and true value. And, and when that sinful flesh rears its ugly head within you, that truth of God's grace reminds you that in your baptism it was drowned, put to death, and daily we can rise to be something new and holy and different. In that truth of God's grace that he wants you to know and to remember and be reminded of every day, you can say no to sin. You can hate sin and evil and long to do what is good and godly. That even, that even the thoughts and the desires of your heart, you long to be in line with God's will and God's That we are something new in Christ. Adopted by our Heavenly Father. Given that gift of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that is the truth of God's grace that He wants you to know. Your sin, it's a big deal. But look to your triune God who has taken away your sin, given you the gift of faith, made you a member of His family and says that you belong to Him. The Father who created you and sustains you and protects you and provides for you. The Son who lived and died and rose to redeem you. The Holy Spirit who comes to give you faith and strengthen you in faith. The truth matters. And the truth is that is who you are. And that is what your God has done and does for you. You know, just a little later on the same evening, comes up in John 17, Jesus is praying. He's praying to the Father, and he's praying for his disciples at that time, and he's praying for all of his disciples of all time, for you and me too. And you know what he prays? He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The truth of your triune God. The truth matters to him. And that means it should matter to us too. Last week, as we took a look at the events of that Pentecost, right, we, we, we witnessed the, the Holy Spirit descending upon those disciples and, and filling them with knowledge and wisdom and understanding, the ability to speak all sorts of different languages, and from there they go out and preach the gospel. And on that very day, that very day, Peter preached a sermon through which the Holy Spirit brought 3,000 people to faith and were baptized. And that was just the beginning. From there, that truth of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen and ascended, was preached and believed for the salvation of many souls. That early church was on fire for that truth. 
They couldn't help but preach the truth, even, even when that truth brought them trouble. Uh, Peter and John were standing, not much after Pentecost, were standing before a king and said, there's no salvation except through Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven by which we are saved. And they were told, you need to stop preaching this. You have to stop talking about this Jesus. And they reply, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. Later on, they, they were told again that you have to stop preaching about this Jesus or there will be consequences. And they said, we must obey God rather than men. We cannot hold the truth in. This truth must be shared with the world. And that truth led to the death of every single apostle except for John who was exiled to an island. That proclamation of that truth that had been revealed to them led to trouble, to suffering, to persecution, and even to death. But it didn't matter because that truth is which, that which God works through for the salvation of souls, that spirit of truth who leads us into the knowledge of the truth. And my friends, how much has changed over the last 2,000 years? How much has changed from that early church? Look around at the church today. There are churches that disregard this truth and go right along with society and say that public opinion determines what truth is. There are churches today that will say things that the Bible says are sin. Well, they're just lifestyles and choices. Things that we can't say anything about because, you know, we don't want to hurt feelings. There are many churches today that don't even really talk about sin at all. Because it might turn people off might make people feel uncomfortable. It's just not what people want to hear. There are churches today that teach that the Bible has errors in it. It's been changed. You can't really believe everything that's in it. There are churches today that have watered down the message of the Bible that have said, well, yeah, Jesus is important, but, but it also matters what you do. Right? The way that you live also helps to save you. There are churches that have stripped the sacraments of any power or blessing and just made them into things that we do, that baptism and communion are just things that you do when you come to church instead of how the Bible reveals them, means of grace that give us faith and forgiveness and new life. Friends, there are churches that are out there who teach that Jesus is just one of many ways to heaven. That it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe in something. Jesus is just one path to the afterlife. Friends, if we continue as a church to proclaim the truth of God's word in all of its purity, 
we're going to face opposition. If we call what the Bible says sin, sin, and the world has deemed to be choices or lifestyles, we're going to face adversity. If we continue to hold that this book is the inspired word of God, every single word of it, we're going to be called old-fashioned and maybe even a little delusional. If we proclaim that Jesus Christ is the only way and that every other religion is false and leads to hell, we will be labeled as bigoted and unloving. If we continue to stand on the truths of God's word and proclaim them in all of their purity and do not hide them or change them or add to them or subtract from them, but continue to proclaim it, we will face opposition. People will be offended. We will upset others. We will not make friends with this world. And my friends, that's okay. That's okay. Because we are called to hold to this truth and proclaim this truth no matter what because this is the way the spirit of truth works to guide others into all truth. The truths of God's word must be proclaimed for the salvation of souls. And in your own personal life, if this truth matters to you, and you say something in love to your son, and tell them that their lifestyle or the choices that they've been making are separating them from God and his love? If you go to your atheist neighbor who has just been totally opposed to what you believe and you actually go and share the good news of a Savior for him too? If you go to your job and you are honest and hardworking and don't steal and don't cheat? If you go in, out of this building and, and not just say you're a Christian but live like one and let your life reflect the truths that you confess and believe here and you do that out there, you know what's going to happen? You might offend people. You might upset somebody. You might lose some friends. But friends, it's okay. Because every one of us has been called to proclaim this truth and all of this truth. That sin is a big deal. But God's grace is an even bigger deal. The truth matters to our triune God. He wants us to know this truth. The Father sends the Son to be the truth in flesh. The Son sends the Spirit to work through these means of grace to guide us into all truth. And we simply pray, Triune God, 
continue to come and convict me of this truth. To believe it. To know it. To go and proclaim it. And to live it. May our triune God grant that to you. Amen.